Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Planet Giza. You're listening to Elevators on Not 97. Stay tuned, man. Stay locked in because it's about to get real. Yeah. Yeah, look, spring round the corner, diamond coated, no Eddie Bauer. Ain't got no homies, niggas gone if they ever doubt it. Who got some coins, stay the coldest, let's bet a thousand. Shoot for every star in the solar, I air it out. I'm something special, shorties message me every hour. You out here Welcome back to Nat 97. On today's episode, we're joined by Montreal based boundary pushing trio Planet Giza. We talked through their latest record, Ready When You Are, how they found their retro futuristic sound breaking out of their city and the tribulations of being an English-speaking artist in a culture built to only support French-speaking creatives. Plus, Planet Giza hits the studio for a live performance of Elevator, live from the studio and brought to you by The Orchard and Human Resources. This is not a podcast. This is not a radio show. This is Not 97. Enjoy. Planet Giza. Yes, yes sir. sir. Welcome to 997. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thank you. Welcome to New York. Yeah. Thank you. How it's y'all living? Chilling, man. It's been rough two days, man. It's been uh, <laughs> yeah, really a lot through. of press, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's been r- really draining, but we're surviving. So. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. I saw, uh, you know, I caught the little, the little live from the whip. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> talking about <laughs> your chopped cheeses. Yeah. Did y'all get a chopped cheese? Yep. Of course we did. How so was it? Yes. Busted every always. time. Always. A one. Ten on ten. Yeah. <laughs> always. So simple, but so efficient. Like, yeah. It Shout hits out New time. York, man. Hey. Hell yeah. Um, before we fully get into it, do y'all mind introducing yourselves and kind of talking about, you know, what y'all do respectfully do in the group uh, and where y'all from and everything? Yeah. Um, Tony Stone. One Third of Planet Giza, producer and vocalist, Montreal. Dumix, One Third of Planet Giza, producer, out of Montreal. <laughs> Rami B, One Third of Planet Giza, uh, producer as well, Montreal as well. Yeah, well, it's good to have y'all here. Thank Thanks. you. I know y'all put out, put out a new album back in April. Yep. Yep. Um, but... I also know that kind of you guys have been doing shit kind of all the way back to like 2016. Yes. Been a, yeah, it's been a long ride. That's kind of Planet Giza kind of came to fruition in 2016? No, nah, it was before actually. Yeah. It was before that? It was 2013? Before. Yeah. So it's been 10 years. Yeah. Yep. How's it feel? It's been a long ride, man. The it's grind. been a long, a long been a journey. Grind. Yeah. Yeah, but it's well worth it. You know, we, we've been working on this music for a while now. I've been making music since I was like 11, so. How old are you now? 26. Right. About to be 27, so. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's a long journey, but yeah. I kind of went was digging back into like the SoundCloud Planet Giza era mm. uh, and listening to some of the early tracks. And like even back then, you know, the sound is still like jazz, soul, funk elements in, in the, those instrumentals and, and in that music and so it's really cool that that uh sound has stayed alive with y'all since then um but i'm wondering like back then like when you got y'all were in high school kind of what was it that uh gravitated you to that sound um i don't know for real because the thing with us is like we all have different influences so and 
the way we used to produce back then we were always trying to like do some weird like uh it's a disco trap uh, <laughs> trap beat or something <laughs> trying to put two genres that don't go together and we were trying to mix it together and i guess jazz was always part of of that right and it just and we we all like jazz neo soul we like we pretty much like everything to be honest with you but i feel like this is like the sound that makes makes our music timeless like yeah the really soulful uh jazz and you know we add like some trap elements and some house elements so the latest record ready when you are and it was kind of like a statement um of you guys almost taking hold of your career absolutely yeah, exactly um and you know talking your shit and and having kind of like a perspective shift on like the philosophy of how you uh, think about your music and your career. Um, and we've had a couple conversations recently kind of about that. We did an interview with this dude, Dreamcast Mo, who's from like the DC area, and he was kind of talking about this perspective shift of like being for the heads and then being like, it's time to like get beyond that yeah. and, and, and reach a wider audience. And I feel like you guys have kind of spoken about that with this record of like the, the ready when you are is kind of like we're here yeah. exactly um and, and i wonder if you can kind of speak to what that perspective sh when that perspective sh shift started and how that kind of influenced this music i feel like for the longest it was like a known thing like definitely like in our city and like elsewhere that okay these guys are very good and it was just a, a moment of time until like they would actually get that stamp and so instead of waiting for a stamp, we just put the stamp on ourselves. We're like, well, okay, well, this is the time. This is the album right now that we're telling you people that we're ready for this and we're here. Yeah. We in New York, right? It's all about showing and proving. So yeah. Yeah. For sure. No, I fuck with that. Like, take it back. Don't wait. With this record, you know, it starts with the skit. And I know that that skit of, like, you talking to a woman has uh has like like has been even back to th the first record like added sugar had you talking to a woman okay research um, like this <laughs> i like this guy. and so i wonder like do you guys think about that like are those conversations is that a continuation of that conversation is that something that like a narrative that you're like uh will live through our music so the skits is definitely the real life experiences you know and uh what i wanted to do is i wanted to show the the contrast of like where i'm at in my life now in the first album i was uh the first kid was like oh i'm shy and and this girl's like what's taking so long for you to come see me on this album i'm the one saying yo what took you so long to come see me you see, right. you see the whole the 180 shift yeah. it's definitely based on true events it's uh, the same girl though no it's a different <laughs> <girl>. <laughs> yo <laughs> Shout outs to shout outs to all the the muses in yeah. the world, you know? <laughs> not just for me, you know. For but all I artists. love that. But it's like, uh, yeah, it's uh, like uh, the music giving a window into like your life and relationships, right? Because it's all based on real experiences. I wouldn't write about it or sing about it if I didn't really experience it, because I couldn't tell you how it really felt. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. You know, like one of the one of the most kind of interesting things about y'all dropping music and, and looking at a new record and tracklist is like 
kind of the curation that goes on and and the network that you guys have of like fire artists and i know that a lot of those are kind of just like natural relationships and, and that's what your network is you know people that fuck with you and, and people that you fuck with but you know from the outside looking it kind of looks like damn like y'all are a and ring this shit crazy <laughs> for y'all does it just feel like this is our community like this is how our community has grown you know how does has picking the right person to be on a song uh go for y'all i think like picking the right person it, it just gotta make sense we don't like to force things because we definitely been in situations where we definitely been in situations where like we forced situations so on this album we put that in our mind that we not trying to do that at all so yeah i think it's just it just gotta make sense we don't like to force anything right. we gotta be friends like we gotta be you know, just something that makes, like, makes it good for the both of us. Yeah. So, yeah. Does that mean, like, um, I mean, I guess maybe maybe it's song to song, but, like, you produce something, and then you're like, this person would sound crazy on it. It really depends on, like, the vibe of the session. But most of the time, we'll uh, link up with the artist, and we'll just talk yeah. and uh, play beats. And the thing about us is, first off, we're three producers, yeah. and we have like our own sound. And so, the what we do is we bring that artist into our universe, yeah. And we help them. We tell them, oh yeah, like you, it should be like this, sound like this, and yeah. third. So that's why I feel like the features are always like, they always sound good, because it's really like a partnership. Like we're helping each other with no. our talents. I fuck with that, and I, and I appreciate it. Uh, but speaking of what you just said about you all three being producers. And I know you also like often work with other producers. Like, how does that process work, and how do you guys avoid like a uh, too many cooks in the kitchen type of thing? Uh, I mean, for us, it's it's just all about making the the best for the to get the best music out. So, let's say we we know when to stop, we know when to add things, we know when to remove things. You know when it's not right. We we leave our egos outside the the studio yeah. when we go there. So, and you know, as far as the the process, it, it always depends. Sometimes uh, Doom got an idea. Sometimes he already got the beat laid down. We just Tony just writes to it. We just sequence it and everything. Sometimes I have an idea. I sent it to the guys. They work on it. Sometimes Tony already had the whole beat with the hook and everything, and we just like remove things, add things. So we don't really like try to overthink too much when it comes to that just trying to make like the best possible song exactly. that can come out there yeah and with like when we collaborate with other people it's more so like say for instance um jmf which he worked on uh don't throw rocks at the moon he worked on all the ep so it's like with him it's more like he can actually play keys like he, he know music theory, theory so he knows stuff that we don't yeah. So we source out to him, and he help us out. And like with, let's say Monty Booker, like when we work with guys like that, we know because he got a different vibe, yeah. and we're trying to make something happen. Just try it, and if it don't work, it don't work. And if it does, it's cool. You know? Exactly. I've also like in terms of production, uh, and beat making. I've kind of heard you guys speak about in the past, like, you know, someone might make a beat that has a sample in it. And uh, either you don't want to go through the trouble or it's too expensive to clear that sample um, or you just feel like kind of like recreating yourself. And I, 
I know that that like sometimes is, is a necessity thing, but I think it is almost like a blessing because then it makes it so that you're then creating that in your own voice and your own sound. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I like I almost think about that as like, oh, you put a mood board together of like photographers that you fuck with and then like you then make. Yeah, the, you make your own. Yeah. yeah. Is that how you guys think about that when you're like recreating something? You're like, OK, we like the feel of the sample, but let's make it ourselves. You're right. We always uh when it's time to recreate a sample, we'll definitely put our own twist yeah. on it. Yeah. And so now it sounds even better to our ears because it's like, oh, okay, we've had this initial idea, but we just took it from five to ten. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's what we go about. Yeah. And, it's, it, and then it, it's now in your universe. Right. Yeah. And and nobody can sue us for it. And <laughs> 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 hey, come and take that's our money. That's the best part. Yeah. <laughs> now Elevator they got a sample like of you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Elevator started like that. Like Doom found this like two second loop. He made a beat out of it. Uh, we got GMF. He replayed the keys and he just it just went from there and it. it You're right. It was a whole different song. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's like when you have the capabilities to do that, it it makes it so that that sample is just a reference, a starting point. Yeah, exactly. Right. Everything comes from there. Right. Yeah. You know, I've heard you guys talk about Montreal a bit and kind of the. I don't know, give and take of like being artists from Montreal and getting support locally, being an English act and how like sometimes there's a little, uh, not tension, but like uh, harder to break out as an English act. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, does it, and, and so my question is like, does it feel like you need to pop outside of Montreal and then come back and be like, see what we did? Or like, has that changed at all over the last couple of years as you've like, gain traction i don't think you need to do it it's not like a necessity but just like in my mind like the way i think about it, it's like you gotta dream bigger like montreal is such a small city it's yeah. like yeah it's not enough like to us like we, we got like bigger dreams we're trying to take this shit global my bad i don't know if i can cuss it yeah, <laughs> <you> can. <laughs> we're trying to take it really like on a global scale of things so and as far as like for English acts, it's crazy. I don't want to get too po- political, but yeah, it's like Mont- it. Montreal's <laughs> like it's not really like the industry is like a it's it's kind of it's a different industry like compared like to the U.S. Like it's government funded. Like it's it's crazy. It's just crazy. Man. I think for an English act, you gotta step out. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Yeah, I said it was not a necessity, but I'll take that back. It's a necessity. No, you have to because the environment is not, like, profitable for English artists. Yeah. It's all for French artists. And so if you want to be an English artist, like you said, you got to think outside of Montreal because you're going to be in Montreal. You ain't going to have Yeah, it's it's like a a ceiling. So this is actually a really interesting conversation because uh, I've I've had conversations recently with people about – Canada's funding of artists Mm -hmm. and how like a lot of U.S. artists look at that and they're like so jealous like that there's actually funding to unlock when you're coming from a place like Toronto where there's not a language uh, barrier barrier or anything. But then I haven't I didn't think about it until right now of what you're saying like well, Montreal, if they're going to fund you, they want you to be speaking French yep. because yep. it's like they look at it as a cultural export. Exactly. exactly. And so they will prioritize French-speaking exactly. artists. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. Like, if you 
if you think about it, like in Toronto, they still fund artists. Yeah. But like you got to compete with guys like, well, I don't think right now, but back in the days you had to compete with guys like Drake, The Weeknd. They were still getting them funds for the music videos. So it's like you got to compete with them. Like imagine you being a small artist. Imagine you being Planet Giza competing with Drake. It's not working. <laughs> See what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. As far as English acts, it's a lot tougher. But Yeah, wow. Yeah. But, you know, it just motivates the grind. It, it forces you to figure it out. Go outside these places, make a name for yourself, and not have to rely on no nobody yeah. to make shit happen for you. Y'all ever consider uh, rapping in French? Never. 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 Ever. Never. I grew up, I grew and we up like French 90s hip-hop, Jay-Z. I never crossed my mind. <laughs> really? Never. Like, you ne- you've never made a song in French? I definitely played around <laughs> with it. <laughs> but that, that'll fluent, never like, see. Perfectly fluent in French. Yeah, yeah. It's, our, it's our first language. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but it just doesn't feel right? Nah, it doesn't. Interesting. You know, you guys put a lot of care and thought into the visuals that you make. Um, and, and throughout your career, there's a lot of cinematic visuals. I think uh, there's a lot of, like, storytelling that goes on in the visuals that I've always appreciated. Um I almost it it almost seems like with the last album and the quiet on the set video in particular, like the bar kind of raised a little bit. Right. Um, right. It's conceptual, like it's clean, like there's like a, a I don't know, there's like a, a tighter approach to it where you're like being very uh, meticulous with everything, and I wonder what that when that hit for y'all or like what that shift was to be like, okay, we're gonna lean in on something really unique with this visual i mean it started we we used, we worked with the same uh creative director for like since 2017 uh his name is dovi shout him out shout out to shout, shout out, out to dovi, you man. you know i have no social media he has so no yeah, socials yeah, yeah. but shout, shout out to you boy well, holla at him discord i guess but that's <laughs> it. yeah but yeah so basically we had like some some like i guess image me doom and tony about like where we want to take the our, our visuals and everything. And Dovi is really good. Like, you just give him the idea, and he's going to come up with everything without, like, he's going to give you what you want, but different. But it's still super good. It's going to raise the bar really high. Right. So uh, one time we, we were at, at his house, me and Doom, and we were discussing, like, yo, we want to do something really timeless, really, like, nah, nah, nah. We kept throwing, like, keywords, and we, he was just like, yo, I feel like your music is... Retro futuristic. I don't know how to say it in English. Retro, retro futuristic. futuristic. Yeah. And we're like, that's true. That's when we played them quiet on the set. Exactly, yeah. We played them quiet on the set. That was the, the one of the two tracks we had we for did, the album. Yeah. But when we played them this one, it was like, yo, it feels like really retro futuristic. It feels like it comes from the past, but it don't, but it, it don't sound like it comes from the past. It sounds like something that was that would have been made in the past, but like with a modern touch. So when he said that, like, it it's like it stuck it with yeah. with our minds. It was like, damn, that's really like the definition that we were trying to like have for our music for the longest. And when he said it, it just clicked, and then we ran with it. So every like theme around the album, we all had retro futuristic in mind, and that's where it came from. Like that. And also, we when we were playing like. Uh, the album to Mick Jenkins, you said the same Say thing. Say the same thing. Yeah. And crazy. that was so crazy. We were like, it's like, yo, it sounds like it, it was made in like 2005. Yeah. But 
it don't sound like nothing that was made in 2005. So it was like, damn, we nailed it with that one. So, yeah. yeah. I love that. Um, so we have y'all in the office. We have a studio. Do you? Um, <laughs> if y'all would be down, we would love to bring y'all to the studio. Let's go. And, Let's uh, do, it. do it. Do a little session. Let's do, do it. it. If you would introduce the song that you're about to perform mm -hmm. and tell us a little bit about it and maybe why you chose it to play today. I'm about to perform Elevators. We was just talking about it, how it was like a little like jazz sample that we flipped and created our own universe out of it. I feel like we love that song so much because the, the tempo of it, the rhythm is different. The raps are really good. The hook is catchy. Um, there's saxophone, there's a bunch of instruments shout on there. Shout out to Venna. Shout out to Venna, shout out to Koji. Elijah, JMF, all these guys, Koji, Radical. It's just a great vibe. Yeah. And I feel like rapping that song, so that's what y'all <laughs> gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it. Let's, Let's go. go. Yeah, 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 this is Planet Giza. You're listening to Elevators on Not 97. Stay tuned, man. Stay locked in, because it's about to get real. Yeah. Yeah, look, spring round the corner, diamond coated, no Eddie Bauer. Ain't got no homies, niggas gone if they ever doubt it. Who got some coins, stay the coldest, let's bet a thousand. Shoot for every star in the solar, I air it out. I'm something special, shorties message me every hour. You out here wondering who she texting, don't worry about it, uh-uh. Professional, uh-huh. Go to extra mileage for rage, shorty telling me she got good taste. Let me test your palate, uh. Service food for thoughts till I got gallo in my chalice. Place me anywhere, I'm still aware of my surroundings. I've been in it for a minute, put my 10,000 hours. Everything hits, no wonderlands like Alice, uh. Can't get no place, and can't get cold, see. Don't celebrate me when I'm gone, please. I'm on this elevator with the homies. I can't do this thing about my lonely. No, 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 no. Don't celebrate me when I'm gone, please. I'm on this elevator with the homies. I can't do this thing all by my lonely. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Planet Giza on Not 97. Ready when you are, available everywhere. Quite frankly, it's the album of the year. You ain't gotta take my word for it, just go listen to it. <laughs> <laughs>